But I'm telling you, like, I'm thinking, like, he's a lock of the Breeders' Cup, and it's September 23rd. He's going to win this race. Uh, yeah. And uh, let's see. Where was the... Yeah. Irad staying home to ride him. Right. Yes. Irad is yeah. going to ride. So, so no He wants to mount the Breeders' Cup. Well, and let's let's talk about this because because we talked about how Mike Smith fucked up right in, in the in the last race. Probably should have won. No Mike Smith yep. here, so nope. that speculation ends. It looks like Irad's going to take this mount. And fan fantastic <laughs> because that is the best news I've seen all week. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one that you'll keep coming back to so next time that the horses all line up at the post make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland goldstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one side to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets what is up i'm jared welkies Aaron ultimate this is blinkers off what's up dude what's up man yeah welcome welcome back everybody to the big show we've uh you've been watching the minor leagues uh for the last uh, three shows we've done here on the network today welcome to the big show welcome to the prime time <laughs> Yeah, you've and you, you probably were on all three, weren't you? I mean, shit, you got to get on every one of them. I don't think I went on Magic Mike today. I we they, I had to go eat at some point, so I was out eating when Magic Mike was on. But I did watch a little bit of it. They weren't talking shit about Baker, so you didn't feel the need to jump in there. Uh, right? Yeah, no, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, <laughs> no, so I I, root, I was rooting with Samich. He hit the the free pick four. Uh, so if we were still doing best thing I saw today, that would be that he hit the. Free pick four that he gave out uh, on the article today, so that was good. Yeah, by the way, for people wondering, yeah, what is that? Like, So if you're listening to this now, you probably listened to it on Friday. Hopefully in time, uh, Samich put out an article today, free, obviously promoting the Soma Bombs, but also threw up a uh, free pick four at Belmont Park today, and it hit for, what was it, like uh, $1,500 on like a $40, $48 ticket, $40. I believe. So. Um, and we had people that just messaged us, just flooded it on Twitter and an email saying, Hey, I hit it. Whether it be that, we had a couple customers that hit a combined of your picks and sandwiches picks that hit for like 26K on the pick five. So the picks were just, it was that kind of day at Belmont. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, and that that's the thing. So the, the leg sandwich uh, miss was the first leg, obviously. He hit the pick four, but the pick five, he missed it. And my top pick was the winner of that fifth race. So so uh, Ed Gagnon was the one who won it, and he does that a lot. He combines the two, and then, bam, uh, he, he hits it for 26000 there, the pick five. That was awesome. Uh, really good guy. He talks to us a lot. So I was really happy for Ed getting the job done. So so I haven't watched any of the Ricky stuff. Is Did Ricky really say this? Ricky said that Jackson is right behind Mahomes. Is this true? He didn't. He didn't. I don't, Mark, I think you're kind of exaggerating. I don't think he said right behind Mahomes, but he basically said, you know, that he's great and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's earned his money and all this stuff. But mm. it was the same spiel we have to go through all the time. Where I'm like, yeah. Ricky, you know, he really didn't play, you know, all that well in that game. He turned it over twice. He buried him early. Yes, he stuck with it. He played well. It was on and on and on. This is a spiel you've heard a hundred times, and the people watching have heard a hundred times. Yeah, I've tried to avoid the, his show, which I do like like the plague anyways. But, I mean, I, I, this week especially, because, yeah, I mean, I'll, nothing, to, nothing to sugarcoat here. And, I mean, you you know me well, and obviously we talk. You, like, you know how pissed I was and not necessarily, like, it was that. I mean, I've been pissed at the Chiefs all week, and we're, we're awful. I mean, it just blew the game, absolutely. And and I, it wasn't because of Lamar. It, I mean, I think you could have ran, <laughs> the, you could have ran five yards uh, against the Chiefs that night. And you may not have lasted very long, but you could have. They, I mean, it was awful. Well, 
I could have hit Hollywood Brown on that pass. I, I, that I will say because there was nobody within 50 yards of Hollywood Brown on the on the one touchdown pass that he threw yeah. there. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you, de- you literally anybody could have hit, well, could have done that. My, my my little boy could have hit him. I mean, he was like he like I, not Ricky, but like people are like, wow, what a jump pass! It's like Lamar's the only one that would have made it that a jump pass. Like he was wide open, like he, ran and he <laughs> jumped and he threw just it. Throw it. Like, just throw the ball, you idiot! Like he's wide open. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was really bad. You know, I, I tweeted out after the game. I was like, listen, best team won tonight. I don't think the best, the, the best, not only the overall best team won tonight, but the best team that well, you know that deserved to win won because the Chiefs played like shit, and uh, you know they they shouldn't have been in that position, but they were because their defense was awful, and of course Clyde fumbled it, and we don't need to get into all of it. Um, I still think the Chiefs are the better team, but they got a lot of shit to figure out if they're going to get there. Um, all right, so let's see. What else did we? What else happened last week? Uh, uh, we've had some big news over the last couple of days. Obviously, Montemoy Girl retired. Santa Barbara, who was a pick, literally the pick of the Breeders' Cup, passed away today, which is just insane news. Uh, had just like a, a like a weird hip injury, and it just I, I don't even understand how it happened, but. She had to be put down, I guess, and that's obviously sad in itself. But just, I mean, she was just—I mean, she's obviously three years old, so big time talent still. So that, I mean, those have been—you know—obviously that's got Breeders' Cup Breeders' Cup implications because now that race, you know, you, you had to redo, you know, relook at that race. Yeah, this was bad. Um, it was really weird. You know, yesterday it comes out that it's a minor injury, but she's going to be out for the Breeders' Cup, and you thought, well. That's sad, but like you, you mentioned, she's three years old. Like she's got a lot of career ahead of her. And then just one day later, right as the rock as rocket hour was ending, uh, that news comes out. And it's like that. I, I waited like 10, 15 minutes before I really said anything because it's like that can't be right. I just read where it was just minor, and then yeah. So, so it's that's awful. Uh, that's that's the only way I can describe it. It's that's just awful. That's a horse that had everything in front of her. Um, but as Papa Dude said on the sports show, it really doesn't matter if it's a horse like that or, or a claimer. It's part of the game, and it's always sad when it happens, and it's just something that we have to deal with here uh, with the sport. Um, you know, not all the time. doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's it's always tragic. Yeah, dude, honestly, like, whenever I saw that, I was like, well, you know how, like, international horses sometimes – the names are the same, or they're, it's, it's, I was like, that, that can't be the, the same one, you know, like, she was just fine, yeah. you know, and then you're like, you, you're like, shit, man, like, that was the same one, you know, just, just ran in Arlington, uh, obviously, won at the Belmont Oaks, uh, I think it's the Belmont Oaks, wasn't it, yeah, and, I mean, she was obviously incredibly talented, so, yeah, it's really unfortunate for Bolly Doyle, um, another, on the positive side, we saw, you know, we saw some good racing, obviously, over the weekend, but Walton Street, threw his name in the ring for maybe like this is the turf horse you're gonna have to beat come the breeders cup turf like forget domestic spending you know and like i mentioned to you what's because of what happened to domestic last time we saw him where he lost and given that we've seen some horses kind of sprout up like the walton street when the breeders cup comes along you're gonna get the price you want on him on on domestic that is if you want to play him because he will be the price now but can't even win with a horse like Walton Street because that horse looked like a beast. I'm really not sure anymore on him. It's really crazy how domestic spending has just kind of lost that luster for a paceless race that he tried to close into, still got second. Um, yeah, Walton Street was was really impressive, like a blowout win there at Woodbine. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I think I, I tend to lean Walton Street a little bit over domestic spending as of right now. Uh, and then you, you have other European horses who might come over here as well. So that's another factor in it. Uh, you know, a horse like Tarnawa came over here, uh, you know, last year, and I don't think anybody was beating that horse. I don't think she's coming back, but at the same time, you don't know who they're going to send. And, and so that's kind of what you got to look at. And what we're looking at right now is just trying to see who's coming but yeah, I mean, if you like domestic spending, a horse that you know three, four, two or three months ago, hell, maybe even a month ago, he, he's he's eight to five in this race coming up, and now he's maybe five or six to one. So it's a um, it's it's a turn, uh, surprising turn of events. But uh, you know, Breeders' Cup races they're hard to win, especially on the turf, and especially when you're American based trying to beat Europeans. It is kind of amazing how it's gone from like you know you and I know we're, we're ranking him number one. 
for a while and then for to go from that i mean one like overall like literally the number one horse in training to now it's like well i don't even know if he'll win his, his division and and just by basically you said like a paceless race he couldn't close in he did close to get second but it's hard to argue with you know because you gotta people don't forget or have to remember like before he kind of had that this whatever three or four race pattern he was not like when he won that whatever it was Saratoga Derby or the Sar- I think it was like he was like five or six to one that day, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it wasn't like he was always like this Chad Brown superstar that just. I mean, he struggled early in his career as well, and then kind of has obviously erupted to be what he, they thought he would be. But it, it wouldn't be absolutely shocking if he kind of reverted a little bit back to how he would, because he, you know, Chad had mentioned before how hard he is to how hard he has been to train. Yep, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, he's still got a world of talent. He's going to get a better setup. So, I mean, he's he's still definitely right there. Uh, as with Gufo, he's another one that's right there. But, yep. uh, you know, again, it's it's just a situation. Are they going to be hampered by just whoever they bring over from Europe? And maybe they're running for second or third, depending on who comes. You just never know. Uh, and we won't know until about, a, oh, I think the pre-entries come out about a week and a half before the races. Then we'll have a pretty good idea. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Again, if you watch or if you listen to this after the fact, you'll join us live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and tune in and get questions asked. And like Mark has one here right now, it says, do you guys take the Woodbine races as serious races for Breeders' Cup preps with the fields they are in the weird wide turf? Like, so basically last week, you know, we had a bunch of racing at, at Woodbine. The, the two juvenile races on Sunday were Albar and Wild Beauty, where Appleby just came in and wins everything he wants to enter right now over here. He's got two juveniles that are serious. It looks like. What do you, do you take? How serious do you take them? Given it's Woodbine. Very. I don't. I don't take Woodbine and say. Uh, I don't throw that out at all. No. I, I take them very seriously. I, I think. You know. I think Woodbine does produce a weird winner every now and then. I. But overall, no. I think. A, I think a horse can prep at Woodbine and come come to the Breeders' Cup and win. Uh, world approval it was a horse that prepped at Woodbine and won uh, at Del Mar at the Breeders' Cup. So, yeah, I take them very seriously. Um, I don't. I don't view them as a, you know, a, a, as a track that, that just has weird winners and that's all there is to it. So, yeah, uh, I, I take those two juveniles of Applebee's very seriously. Obviously, Walton Street, uh, you know, one of my top picks as well uh, for the Breeders' Cup. So, yeah, right now, a lot of them coming for Woodbine. So, let's hope I'm right about that. So do you, I mean, are you at, like, was that, was he that impressive for you that Walton Street, that it's like, I'm thinking this horse might be the, the winner of this race? Yeah, as of now, he's the pick. But, you know, somebody said on Twitter, I think it's too early to pick Walton Street. I said, it's too early to pick any horse in any of these races. But that's not any fun if I would just write an article and say that. Like, you want to you want to get that going. You want to get people to read. You want to get people fired up for it. And listen, it's, it's yeah, I Walton Street may not be the pick on Breeders' Cup Day, but as of right now, yeah, I, I put him as the pick. So just because this this guy has the best name ever, I know who it is, uh, Somo Hates Baker asked, dumb question, are you guys doing another live bankroll for Travers Day? That was a nice day. Thanks. We will be doing it for the Breeders' Cup, which is kind of the bread and butter. It's like kind of how it all started with the bankroll. Uh, so yes, we will be doing it. It's two days. It's awesome. It's the best bankroll we do all year so the breeders cup we will be uh going hitting it heavy i don't know it's always a, it's always a question of how much we invest into it what our bankroll looks like but it'll be five six hundred dollars for sure for two days so yeah we will be, yeah. we will be doing that uh let's see gut feeling baffert's gonna dominate breeders cup day we'll see about that um one million dollars uh let's see last time the breeders cup was at del mar there were seven big turf races Euros won four of them. The ones that didn't win were sprint. So yeah, I mean, it's not any time like, and, and as as we've seen, even if you forget where it's at, I mean, we don't have a lot of turf that can match up what we've been seeing. You know, the Euros have been bringing over, and you got to remember, like like Alterman said, like it's not like we're seeing like the the bread and butter of the Euros come over. I mean, these are just horses you don't even know about until they're here, and then you're like, well, I guess they're pretty good. I mean, these are horses that aren't can't compete on the euro side let's keep that in mind right they those are horses like well they were okay over there and now they're here so imagine if you get one of those come that one of those comes over the brew it's just i just don't think it 
I don't think we have much of a shot. No, yeah, and, and like like the horses there, like World Approval wanted Del Mar. Well, he was super sharp at the time. Like that was just a really really nice horse in great form. Rushing Fall won the Phillies uh, uh, Juvenile Turf. Well, Rushing Fall was elite. Like I mean, most of the time, not all, most of the time, you have to be a pretty elite American horse. So. Uh, to, to win at the Breeders' Cup. You know, sometimes a juvenile can kind of sneak in there and, and win, um, and you maybe not have to be that great. But to, to win the turf, you got to be pretty damn good. To win the mile, you got to be pretty damn good. Yeah, so let's talk about this for half a second. Um, he says, nice hoodie, Halterman, by the way. So are you wearing a Sting hoodie? Is that that's what's happening here? Yes, yeah. Uh, Sting, the performance, uh, I mean... I, I can't even describe it, and I'm sure Samo hates Baker. You probably watched this. Last night, AEW had their big show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Sting, 62 years old, and he may have been one of the top four or five wrestlers on the card. Like, I was like, he looks like he's 30. He was unbelievable. And now he doesn't look it, but in the <laughs> ring, like his moves, it's like, wow, like he still has it. So, yeah, I, I'm representing... I represent my boy today. He was he was unbelievable. I'll tell you what, I you know, you used you used to have back in the day, way back in the day, you used to, you know, you know, dabble in the the, the, the uh professional wrestling websites. Yep. You know, I think may, I mean you you're starting to create a little fan base here. Everyone that's on our damn streams, like half the people know who what you're talking about. I don't. Um no. but you, you have enough. I think we might need to like we have already branched into sports, we need to get, we need to add to the the sports. We need to add professional wrestling. I, I have a podcast partner in mind, and I, I think it would be good. The only thing is, we really enjoy it, and we don't really want to make it work. But the wife and I could do a wrestling podcast. She watches every show with me, so um, yeah. It, listen, yeah. it's it's crazy. It, it's it's back. Wrestling is back. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. It's it's back. It's like it was back when we were kids. They got too strong. Well, you got AEW, who's really strong, and the WWE sucks. And they're taking it over, man. And it's been really exciting these last probably, oh, I'd say three, four months. AEW has really, really built momentum. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it was when we were kids. Right. We are adults now, Alterman. It's time to grow up. It doesn't bother me that you don't like it, and I do. I'm not threatened <laughs> that you don't like it, like you are that I'm threatened. You're threatened that I like something. Oh, oh yeah, shit. Okay, all right. Let's get to the show. All right, we're gonna preview two monster grade one, uh, grade one million dollar races at Parks. That's right. I'm gonna say that one more time. Grade one million dollar races, a pair of them at Parks, the Pennsylvania Derby, and the Cotillion. Then we're gonna some rapid fire selections for some of the remaining stakes action this weekend at Belmont Park and Parks. Let's go. the Cotillion Stakes. All right, Saturday at Parks. That's right, Parks has the big eight stakes races on the card at Parks on Saturday. Of course, highlighted by two grade ones, two $1 million races, race 11, race 12, the Cotillion Stakes and the Pennsylvania Derby. These are not official Breeders' Cup winning or end races, but make no mistake, these are final preps for some of these horses seeing what they can do and what they are moving forward to the Breeders' Cup and where they might go into the Breeders' Cup. And let's kick things off with race 11. That's a grade one cotillion stakes worth a million dollars for Phillies three-year-olds going one, one sixteenth miles. Okay, so Halterman, this one is interesting. Obviously, we'll have two scratches to talk about. Bob Baffert brings in horses. Well, he, he entered horses, private mission. And, of course, Medina Spirit in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, decides to scratch Medina because he didn't like the, the, uh, the post, supposedly. <laughs> So both horses are staying put. So field of nine, going to be scratched down to a field of eight with private mission and the cotillion being scratched out. So you're looking at two to one on Clarier, maybe even lower now with private mission out. Where'd you go with this one? Because, you know, Clarier has been a horse that consistently runs well, but never wins. You know, Army Wife maybe wins races that are lower level, lower level stakes, obligatory, can kind of be the same a little bit with, with Clarier, likes to run second and third. Always Karina had a lot of hype early on. Now she's, you know, what is she now? So where do you go in this race uh, in terms of how do you... Because Private Mission, I think, looked like Bob Baffert shipping her in. 
it's Bob Baffert. You don't need to say much more. Like, she's probably going to win. Now she's out. So where'd you go? Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. And uh, with her out of the race, it really makes it interesting. Uh, listen, I have a hard time choking down Cleary Air at what's probably going to be like seven or eight to five. I just can't do it. At the same time, it, the, these other horses have been very inconsistent one way or the other. I went back to the Chad Brown horse. I think always Karina gets to the front and doesn't look back, especially with the scratch of private mission. I thought those two were the controlling speeds in the race. With always Karina uh, now alone on the lead, I think this horse is going to be awfully tough to catch, especially at a track like Parks where speed does kind of hold. Um, for people who want to bet Air at a shorter price than always Karina, Fast forward, or excuse me, not fast forward. Let's rewind two races back to the Mother Goose, where Ollie Karina uh, was a four to five favorite and got beat by Zagel. And so Ollie Karina didn't run very well. You know who finished behind Ollie Karina? Clarier. So in a race where we thought, well, Ollie Karina was terrible in this race, Clarier still lost to her. <laughs> I'm going to go right back to, to Ollie Karina, six to one gate to wire i think she gets to the front and is really hard to pass yeah i mean as far as pace goes there's there's zero question like she has pace advantage she should get to the lead and it'd be just a matter my question is you know i just don't know how good she is you know like i i just can't help but wonder is she gonna give up the lead uh you know top top the stretch you know and because but it's not like there's great horses in the race but they're not there's not terrible horses either. I mean, obligatory can can run down, at least can you know bang up there for second and third. You know, obviously Clarier take nothing away from her. She will run her race typically. Um, always Karina is interesting from a pay, like you said, like the pace. I asked you if you thought Pratt would switch over. You think it's going to stay with Johnny V? Obviously Pratt rode this horse twice. Uh, always Karina, that is the last two in the Mother Goose and the Test. Wouldn't be as surprising, obviously, to see either way, even if, if Pratt was available, just because, you know, she did lose those two races. So it wouldn't be surprising to see him switching it up. And then Army Wife. Army Wife, to me, that's where I went. Because you look at Army Wife, the last three races, let's say. I guess we can go back to the last five. I mean, she wins uh, to start off her, her uh, the year at Goldstream Park. She goes to Aqueduct, gets the third of the Gazelle. Search results dominated that day. Goes and wins the Black Eyed Susan for fun. Wins the Iowa Oaks for fun. Goes to the Alabama going a mile and a quarter. Dude, I mean, she was in the lead in that race. So the, you know, hitting the, not even the top stretch, into the stretch. She just got, I mean, she got tired. I don't think a mile and a quarter is what she's going to, you know, be best at. But she still ran a great race. And, and, and really, she ran, I, I would argue, her best race. I mean, she just wasn't good enough for Malathot. And I get Clarier ran her down at the very, very end. But again, going a mile and a quarter... I felt like Army Wife did more of the dirty work than, than Clear Air that day. To me, Army Wife gets back to the distance where she is one for one. She had one uh, at Prairie Meadows that day in the Iowa Oaks, but I think this is a lot, lot more of her likings. Guess who's back up to ride? Rosario, who won two times in a row with her in the Black Eyed Susan in the Iowa Oaks. He's going to give her a bang up ride. I think he's going to sit the trip, whereas uh, your horse, the uh, the eight always Karina, will kind of will dictate things, but I think come top of the stretch, always, you know, uh, Army Wife will kind of try to run her down. Good pick. I like that pick of Army Wife. That's who I have in second. I'm a fan of Army Wife over Clarier. I have Clarier third in here because... I agree. Plus the, plus the fact you have... You're going to get a better price on Army Wife, which is... Because I think Clarier is classy. I'm not going to take anything away from her. But I just don't trust her at, like you said, 8 to 5, 9 to 5. Wouldn't be shocked if Clarier won... Don't want to play Clarier to win. Just think there's like, and you said it. No. Army wife, better price, more likely winner. Always Karina, better price, more likely winner. That's where I'm at. Um, I even thought about obligatory here. Me too. I, I at think, that price, for sure. I think that's a nice horse. I don't, I, you know, the distance, a little bit of a question mark. I, I think she'll be okay, though. Uh, I, I like that horse a, a little bit over, oh, I'm not going to say over Clarier, but close, you know? So, I'm just not a huge fan of horses that just don't ever win. Uh, and, I mean, that seems pretty logical, right? And this horse just cannot get the job done. Um, but, again, it's the right circumstances. Maybe she gets it done here. But 
a loose on the lead always, Karina. I just I'm not sure Clear Air is capable of running 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 down horse down. Yeah, you know, with with the one horse, obligatory. I'm on, I'm so on the fence with her because it's just like I feel like she should win one of these races, but. You know, you look back at the Acorn, again, that's a grade one, big race at Belmont. You got beat by search results, nothing to take away from that. Obligatory, I mean, Jose, I went and watched that replay like three times just to see, okay, it's like, how was she in that race? Because I remember that race, we were there, and obviously we we needed, uh, who was the uh, who was the four horse? I can't remember her name now. The the other filly that was on the lead. Um, um, I'm trying to think now. Can't think of that horse's name. I can see the horse. Who was in the acorn? The the horse that should have we we had we we keyed those we keyed search results in the her on the top two. And then we had obligatory third. Yes. Um, uh. And I and I remember we uh, we we needed that. We, it was like okay, obligatory is coming. Well, shit, she passed uh, the four horse who I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, day of the office. Day of the office. And uh, it was day of the office. And. Uh, she just, but the point is, like, he was beating the hell out of Jose was trying to get. I mean, she's so like, it's almost like, was she closing? How good was she closing? Or was this a matter of like horses just were kind of stopping and she just? So I'm not, I'm not sure, and I'm certainly not sure if she can catch a horse that's loose on the lead or if a just a just a. I mean, can she beat Army Wife? I don't think so, but I have a feeling. I if you can, I would use her because I just. Like I said, I just have this feeling that she's due to. I mean, you look at the races she's been running in: the Eight Bells, the Acorn, the Test. <laughs> it's a good races, and now she's here. Not to you know, it's it is a Grade One, but it's at Parks, the Cotillion. Like you can win this kind of race. So I like her. Obviously, I like Army Wife. I like Clary here, and I like always Karina. I'm with you. I like. I mean, I think you got to use the, the loose on the, uh, on the lead kind of horse in this kind of race because you just don't know how good she is. How I mean, the Mother Goose man, like to me. Getting beat by Zagel that day just, I don't know, like, it just completely turned me off with Ois Karina, like forever. <laughs> it definitely took the wind out of the sails, so to speak, right? I mean, that that was a bad, bad, bad loss that that day. She was like, what was she? She was like four to five. Four to five like and looked pretty bad. Um, and then looked pretty bad last time out as well. But gets back to two turns uh or i guess two turns for the first time because that was a one-turn race at belmont even though it was a past six furlongs and the mother goose uh but Mm -hmm. it that it was bad there's no doubt i I can't really say it any other way it was not a good loss for her with such high expectations but uh, again i think the pace scenario is right and i I think the horse stretching back out in distance here is going to help so uh, I'll give her one more shot. I think w- you know, with the presence of some more pace, I probably wouldn't. But I think if she if she's right around you know six to one, five to one, I think it makes sense. Where how 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 far down was she before private mission was scratching for you? I think I put her in fourth because I thought, well, she's the other horse with speed in the race. I put private mission on top, uh, and I had her in fourth. And so then when okay. she, when that horse scratched private mission. It's like this horse is way the fastest horse early. Like it's not really close, and so I had to reevaluate what I was doing there. Okay, yeah, I just wondered how how the scratch how that you know, changed your picks. Uh, again, uh, racingdudes.com. We've got the wagering guide available right now for the parks. This is the first time I've ever done a wagering guide at parks, let alone uh, or for the Pennsylvania Derby, let alone parks. So we have a wagering guide, all eight races on there, of course. Haltzman's got all his picks and how he's playing this, these sequences, hey, what horses to use in the pick fours, pick fives, with things like that. So you want to check that out, racingnews.com on the products page. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, you've got to, I would be the most comfortable I could get is if I could use the one, the five, the six, and the eight and move forward, you know, because I do think, I do think you can go thinner in the Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that one next. Um, and I definitely think you can go thinner in the, uh, obviously, the Gallant Bob. You can go thin. Uh, you can go super thin. Yeah. Uh, in that one, so I, I definitely think with Jackie being there, that's your single, and you can stre- you can maybe stretch out a little bit in the eleven and twelfth, and hope you get you know because sometimes weird things can happen in these races, and so I think you want uh, the price in case. But you uh, you've got uh, the speedster, the only speedster compared to what's in the race. Number eight, always Karina, and I've got the five Army Wife. <laughs> And they're off in the Pennsylvania Derby. Next up, race 12, the Pennsylvania Derby. It's grade one with a million dollars for three-year-olds going one-one-eighth miles. 
Field of 10, gonna be scratched down to a field of nine. Again, with Medina Spirit drawing the nine hole. Apparently that's too uh, far outside for Bobby. So he's gonna scratch her out. We're gonna have Hot Rod Charlie's gonna be your favorite when this thing uh, goes to post here. Hot Rod Charlie is five to two in the morning line. Will be your favorite, of course, with two to one on Medina Spirit being scratched out of the race. Midnight Bourbon, your second choice at five to one, eight to one to keep me in mind. And really past that, you're just looking at horses that you think can pull an off pull off an upset here. Midnight Bourbon, Hot Rod Charlie, and Keep Me in Mind, to me, are the three logicals. And really, if you want to go even deeper, I think it's, I mean, even, you know, thinner, it's Hot Rod and Midnight Bourbon. You know, I think Bob Baffert didn't ship here because he was going to get his ass kicked. I, I really think Hot Rod Charlie, Midnight Bourbon have progressed, and I think Medina Spirits went backwards. So, um, you know what? Midnight Bourbon, the last time he saw Medina Spirit. He left his soul out on the track there at Pimlico. He passed him like he was standing still. So, uh, I, me, I, I, I wish Medina would have came because I think he would have finished off the board. So, anyway, let's go to the race. Um, I agree with the comment that Nick Feldman just put up. Hot Rod Charlie, Speaker's Corner, exacta for me. That's my top two choices. I can't – you listen, I wanted to go. pick Speaker's Corner, but I can't get over the fact that I've seen Hot Rod Charlie run – what I consider to be elite type of races. And I think if he shows up with an elite race, I don't think speaker's corner could beat him. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to flirt with picking midnight bourbon, but I didn't because Hot rod Charlie kind of was just going to zoom right past him until he decided to knock him over uh, in the last race. But I just think hot rod Charlie's a better horse. Uh, I also think the scratch mm -hmm. of Medina spirit helps hot rod Charlie and the, and midnight bourbon kind of get out in front of the rest of these um, but yeah, I think Hot Rod Charlie is is the best horse in this race. It's got a big race field though, a lot of big names in this one. Yeah, Steve. By the way, Steve comments uh, visited parks a couple years ago. We were with you that uh, when you we visited there, uh, the Pennsylvania Derby. One and done for visiting that track, Math Wizard. Really, and hey, Math Wizard's on the undercard. How about that? So, Math right. Wizard, uh, horse for course. That guy's gonna win again just for you, Steve. But no, I mean honestly, the best part of that trip. Well, well two, there's tie for 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 uh, the best part was. The sports book afterwards, Parks has a phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, it rivals Vegas sports books uh, in, at, in the casino. The casino's unbelievable. Um, and then was the Philly cheesesteaks the next day. I mean, that that yep. those were the that, that was better than the, the racing and the racetrack. Frankly, we didn't get to see these kind of horses uh, that day. I'm with you, uh, Hot Rod. To me, like if Hot Rod isn't DQ'd from 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 the half school, he's eight to five right i mean i mean like I, I don't think like and he did like nothing changed he just got dq'd like you know what i mean but he still won the race i just think he's the best horse i think midnight bourbon ran a huge race in the travers a lot of respect for him but hot rod is on a different level i mean i think midnight bourbon we've seen that like i don't i think he, he can't quite compete with what hot rod can bring to the table what we've seen lately to me, Hot Rod, if you've got the balls, I, I think he's a single because it just, you look, okay, Louisiana Derby, he rolls, he goes to the Kentucky Derby, I still, like, that's one of those weird races, right? We we don't know how, we don't understand how Mandaloon didn't technically get by. We don't, we definitely don't understand how uh, essential quality didn't get by. And when and you look back at what we've seen, we don't understand how Hot Rod didn't get by, but they didn't. So he ran a great race, didn't get by. He runs the the race of a lifetime, frankly, in the Belmont, and gets beat by another horse of you know one of the top horses you're we're probably ever going to see as, as far as three year old performances we've seen Alterman. Yep. And then he goes and backs that up and runs a one hundred two buyer, slight regression but not much, in the Haskell. Yeah, he got DQ. Like it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. But he won the race, so. And he beat Mandaloon that day. So, I mean, it's just like, what is he? He hasn't done anything wrong at all this year, frankly. And you're getting, I know you're not going to get a 5-2 on him. But you're, I mean, to me, if you want a single, you single. Because I think you can live and die by him. Now, I will say this. I'm not worried about Midnight Bourbon. I'm not. But who I am worried about, and you're going to laugh me off of this podcast, I'm sure, is the two horse. Keep me in mind. I almost, I didn't almost, but I, because I, I can't go against my boy Hot Rod. But I think, keep me in mind, with Rosario, I know he, wrote, he finished fourth, but that was, the Travers was a paceless race. Like, come on. 
he can have like he's the kind of horse that would win this race and you'd say really really because you know he's been he finishes second he finishes third he finishes fourth like in every race this would be the race he wins just saying you heard it you just saying you heard it here first i just can't I, I I get the, the I'll tell you one thing I do get about what you're saying. The pace should be there because Midnight Bourbon and Hot Rod do go fast early. I think they're experienced enough now and 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 quality enough that I don't think they're gonna get into a speed duel though. I think they'll kind of get out there by themselves and control it up front, but I don't think they're gonna just fly. So well, I don't think there'll be enough pace. And when I say that. I think for keep me in mind to win, it would have to be like 22-44 opening quarters going a mile and an eighth before you would finally win. And I don't think they're going to do that. So, um, oh, shit. He, he could finish second. He could finish. It's like, here's what's weird, right? Keep me in mind at Midnight Bourbon, they're the same horse. They hit the board in all the big races. They dance all the big dances, but they can't win. Yet they have opposite running styles. Midnight Bourbon is on the front end. Keep in mind, it comes from way out of it. Their results are very similar. It's it's strange like that. Uh, side note, uh, Steve, the horse has not nope. won since the Pennsylvania Derby. That's right. Fifth, eighth, fifth, second, fifth. Fifth beaten 16. Fourth, ninth beaten 13. And third beaten 10th. So, you know, hey, you know, horse is getting better. You're going uh, straight to that. So, that, by the way, Math Wizard runs in race eight, the Greenwood Cup Stakes, which we might get into a little bit later on Rapid Fire. Um, the thing about you, like you kind of said, like in, like I don't, Hot Rod has gotten to be so smart to where you're, he's not going to get you, like if, if, if someone wants to go out there and play, like, like Pratt, you know, was so smart with, with, uh, with Hot Rod in the Belmont. He's like, Hey, listen, come get me. You know what I mean? Like if you want I'm, if I'm going to win this race, it's going to be by going to the front. So he did. He tried, he tried his ass off. Haskell said, no problem. We can sit off. That's fine. If you want, you know, we'll sit off the horse. And so it's like, he's gotten to be such a smart horse and smart, you know, obviously got a great jockey with Pratt where it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? What they want to do. If, if someone wants to go out and put, you know, go blaze, sure. He'll sit off of it. So you don't really worry necessarily about, well, Hot Rod, if there's too much speed, if, you know, Midnight Burden wants to go, what is Hot Rod going to do? Well, he'll sit off. No problem. So I don't really worry about that with, with Hot Rod. And that's ultimately why it's like I have so much confidence in him uh, in him going uh, or him winning. Uh, any consideration for American Revolution to spice up the vertical bets? Right, Jock? Good pedigree. Obviously, Luis Saez, Todd Pletcher, a horse that's been it's a state bred. He's a, not, a New York bred coming in. Uh, I think he's a New York bred, isn't he? Yeah, he's a New York bred. Um, coming in here 15 to 1. Obviously, he's been very good, but jumping up in... Uh, in class vastly well we saw him live and in person at saratoga run on new york bread that day mm -hmm. the day before the travers and he looked awfully awfully good he beat a horse named bobby bow for bob bafford who wasn't awful uh, had had been uh, uh won a race at del mar and then came over here uh to to, to race in this new york bread race um i i couldn't get there as far as thinking he could beat a hot rod charlie could he get third here? I think so. Uh, I really do. I really think he could get third. Um, I, the other problem is I don't think he's been in a race where the pace is going to be what it is here. Um, and I think that's going to be the big thing. Like he needs to hang, you know, within two, three links of the lead. And, and how hard is he going to have to work to get that position from the outside post? with the pace being a little bit faster than what he's faced in those New York red races. I think that's the big key for him. Um, I, I think the class may get him a little bit, but I'll tell you this, I've seen a lot worse 15 to one shots for you to play here. Right. I mean, this worse has, has shown some pretty good signs and that last race at Saratoga was pretty damn good. So if you want to take a shot, I'm not talking off of them. I just don't know if he's ready to match up with Hot Rod Charlie uh, and, and Midnight Bourbon, you know, that, those kind of horses. Yeah, I mean, debut, he did get beat by Mandaloon um, on his debut. But, of course, again, lots can change from that. But he got beat by four links that day um, to, in, a, in a main special weight at Keeneland. Uh, okay, let's talk big. And, by the way, if, if the post is too hard for Medina Spirit, it's definitely too hard for American Revolution. Let's be honest, you know. Um, yeah. 
Okay, bigger thoughts here. You and I are both on Hot Rod, borderline single. Understand if you want to play Midnight Bourbon in there, or keep me in mind if you uh, agree with me. Speaker's Corner, Speaker's Corner, the three horse. We talk, is it, do you feel the same way, similar to what you're feeling with the 10 in terms of we don't really know what he is? If you feel like you want to be defensive, play him. Or do you feel more like, I think he's really, really good. Of course, we saw him. Didn't, did we see him that? Uh, no, we didn't. That was the next week. Um, do you think he's really, really good either way? I don't know what he's all about. Okay. He, he won that allowance and he looked really impressive and he got a nice speed figure there at Saratoga. Um, all positives. He's 12 to one morning line. That's a positive. Everybody on Twitter likes him. That's a negative. Not only those horses usually don't win, but they get bet. So he's, he might be like five to one. Um, the biggest thing for me, okay, who did we beat in this allowance race? Well, he beat defeater that, that horse isn't bad. And he beat Mahamal. Mahamal lost in a five horse allowance field by as many links as he lost to speakers corner buys. So I don't think Mahamal's very good. Um, I wouldn't be shocked though if Speaker's Corner is the goods and wins this thing. But the reason why, like a lot of people putting this horse on top, the reasons why I didn't, it's first time going long, uh, first time going two turns, and it's a mile and an eighth. It's in a grade one race, and it's in a legit grade one race. You know, uh, these these horses are solid. I'm afraid the class is going to hit him in the face a little bit. The thing I do like about him, I think he's going to come from out of it, and I think he might be the strongest of the closers. Other than keep me in mind, but I think he'll be ahead of keep me in mind because almost everybody always is. So uh, I'm back and forth with yep. him. I do have him in second because I do think he's spicy here and he's kind of the new shooter. But yeah, I think class is still a question with this horse. It's kind of tricky too because it's like it's so late in the season where it's like you're gonna you have to basically win here if you're gonna see this horse in the Breeders' Cup, or at least the Classic, I guess, because it's like. You're kind of late the game, been running the main special weights allowance, and now, or I guess you've been, you didn't only run one race this year, which was an allowance. You're not going straight to the grade one Pennsylvania Derby. I mean, you got to show something huge, or else you're really not, we're not going to see or hear about the source for like two months, you know, at least. So that's kind of the tricky part about Speaker's Corner. He's, he needs to be the goods in order to be something uh, moving forward. And to that point, you and I are both on, on Hot Rod here, but. So I, I kind of mentioned in the opening, like, this is not a Breeders' Cup winner in, but it kind of is, because you have horses like Hot Rod Charlie, who's got, I'd say, a legit, somewhat legit chance to win the Classic. He, I mean, he's capable of it. The seven, Midnight Bourbon, obviously very classy three-year-old, but kind of, you know, proven to be below essential quality. Medina Spirit scratched out. We'll see what he's about. But two, these two horses, at least on paper, the seven and the eight, you very well will see in the classic, assuming all things go. So how, like, do you need to see anything from either one of these, especially, uh, specifically Hot Rod, considering we both picked him, to be like, yeah, listen, like, maybe he can win the classic. I, I think the big problem with the Hot Rod Charlie and a Midnight Bourbon is they're going to have to have a huge pace advantage to, to, to win a race like the classic. And I don't see how they get that if Nix goes in the race. That's kind of my problem with both of them. Like, if, if I'm going to beat Nix go, I got to have somebody coming from off of it because I don't think it's going to be somebody that can kind of look him in the eye and is going to be around him. I think they can play a big factor in the Classic as far as who eventually wins because I do think Hot Rod and Midnight Bourbon can go up there with him, at least for a little while, at least make it uncomfortable for him. Um if some for some reason Nixco falls out of the equation, and let's face it, this is horse racing, they can fall out of the equation at any moment, right? If that were to happen, all of a sudden, I think if Hot Rod gets out there and wins this race, and then you get to the classic and it looks like he's gonna be on the lead, I think he becomes a, a much more serious threat. It would be something, right? If I'm not saying, I mean, like, the horse wins, loses, and derby. He goes and runs a great race in the Kentucky Derby, doesn't win. He goes and runs an unbelievable race in the Belmont, doesn't win. Wins the Haskell, doesn't win. Say he runs second or something here, doesn't win. And then he goes and wins the Classic. Like, that would be the storyline. Especially yeah. if you want to really tie it together, the horse was 94-1 to 1 the year prior in the Juvenile. So, like, I don't know like history as far as I don't like specifics of, but I got to say 
No horse has been a logical contender to win the Classic the following year. The year after, they were 90-plus to 1 in their you know perspective race in the Breeders' Cup, which is just insane that this horse was ever of those odds. And now he, we're talking about him as being a top three-year-old. And of course, the chance of him winning the Classic, it's just wild. And I, I want to throw this comment up because I totally agree with Carlos. Uh, he says, Hot Rod hasn't run a bad race in his life. He's all heart. That's the that's the point. I think that horse is is all heart. I mean, he he's one tough son of a bitch. He just he shows up and he gives you what he's got, you know. And if it's good enough, great. And if it's not, he's gonna run his ass off. So I, I respect him a ton. Yeah, I but like you're not worried about like you know if he's in a race, he's gonna run his race, and whether yeah. it be good enough or not, that's that's another question. But you know you're yeah. gonna get you know it's like oh he didn't fire. Like, he's gonna fire. He'll fire for you. And you could say the same for Midnight Bourbon. Mm-hmm. He'll, he, you know, he's going to show up. But the difference is, Hot Rod's better. He's more talented. Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at Midnight Bourbon, all he did wrong was in the Kentucky Derby, where he just got shuffled behind early, and he did, made yeah. made a run. He, you know, obviously wasn't his game that day, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, he's never finished worse than third. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's another one of those that shows up every time. So not only is this race important from you know cashing some tickets on on saturday but look for these horses you know keep an eye on what these horses do what they do what you think of them how they can move forward from this race because he very well might see them in the classic you and i are both on number seven hot rod charlie <laughs> time for i'm a fire presented by the inside track to the 2021 pennsylvania derby that's right get the all-inclusive 13 page wager guide to the 2021 pennsylvania derby this saturday at parks Features in-depth analysis of all eight stakes on the card, of course, including the two races we just talked about, the Pennsylvania Derby and the Cotillion. So we get in-depth analysis of how we're playing those, how exactly we're going to play those on the multis, on the verticals, on the horizontals, how you want to make money on those races. We've got those listed out on the wager guide. Plus, you know, we got eight stakes on the card, but you want all the analysis, you want all the undercard action, get it all on this guide. How we're playing the pick fours, how we're playing the pick fives. How we play the undercard, everything's on there. Go get that. And again, be a subscriber. We're in that time zone, time uh, of the year. You be a subscriber, you get the next wager guide, which is at Keeneland. Then you get the next one, which of course is the Breeders' Cup. So this is a good time to be a subscriber because you get all the wager guides absolutely for free. RacyDudes.com on the products page with the big button on the menu. Get Racing Dudes Premium. All right, Halthman, we've got a lot of racing action to talk about. Of course, Belmont has action as well. We've got big time horse running there and we have uh churchill which i don't think you either one of you either you or i use churchill but we do have some stakes action at churchill and of course parks has a bunch of stakes to talk about so we're gonna rapid fire this the good old-fashioned way we're gonna give our three the most likely winner the best value most excited of course we have better names for that all right let's go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let's, let's start things off with that lock that shit up lock it up pick of the weekend halterman lets you kick things off well, this is the easiest one we've ever done, right? I mean, I go to Belmont race four uh, on Saturday, the grade two Kelso, and life is good faces a field of uh, four other horses, and he is just way, way the best. So he is the lock. He is the single. We're not really doing anybody any good saying it. He's one to nine on the morning line. That's you don't see that very often. You see a one to nine on the morning line. Hardly ever, but it is. It's. I think it's worthy to use it here. Really fun to see him back. Let's see what he does, and then let's see where he points next. But it's, it's exciting that this horse is entered. Yeah, and Somo Hates Baker says they listen to Halterman. Seeing life is good at the mouth. That is the plan. Uh, Pletcher said... Listen, the plan is right now, obviously, run well here. We're going to go to the dirt mile. That's the plan. They, he does think, he did say, like, he will go longer. I think this is going to, like, being that he's with Pletcher, win the dirt mile, go, you know, go next year. Maybe we'll see him in the Classic. But for this, the timing and the way this is all kind of worked out, Halsterman was right. I think the dirt mile makes a lot of sense. He, I, I text Halsterman today when I saw that. Uh, news that he was going to be pointing to the dirt mile first of all i was like yeah you're right second of all i was like he's the lock of the breeders cup assuming he went i mean he's got to win here obviously he should but going into the breeders cup barring no issues like how how do you find a horse that like him in the dirt mile seems just insane like i I feel like he's got a chance to win the classic if he's in the dirt mile i mean shit so like he's just gonna dominate this field i'm telling you like i'm thinking like he's the lock of the breeders cup and it's september 23rd 
he's gonna win this race. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's see, where was the? Yeah, Irad staying home to ride him right. Yes, Irad is yeah. gonna ride. So, so he no wants to mount the Breeders' Cup. Well, and let's let's talk about this because because we talked about how Mike Smith fucked up right in, in the in the last race. Probably should have won. No Mike Smith yep. here. So nope. that speculation ends. It looks like Irad's going to take this mount. And fan fucking tastic <laughs> because that is the best news I've seen all week <laughs> that Irad's on this horse. Right when I saw that Irad was on this horse, I was like, sign me the fuck up. Like Mike Smith, see you later, okay? Because. I still, I'm still salty we didn't cash that bet. Cause he should have won that race. He should have won the Jerkins. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm still, I'm still not, I'm still, I'm still clearly over it. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh no God. <laughs> All right, we're both on life is good here. Uh, and by the way, I, I, are you gonna bring up Jackie's Warrior race at all later? Yes. Okay, I won't get to it then. Okay. And he's obviously a very easy, another one A. To yes. the uh, lock that shit up pick of the weekend. All right, Alterman, let's go to. Let's just go to that point, right? The so excited I get Wood Memorial race of the weekend, Alterman. I know where you're going, so let's hear it. Yeah, I'm gonna go bring up Jackie's Warrior, like you said. So let's go race ten on Saturday at Parks. It's the Gallant Bob Stakes and Jackie's Warrior, who beat Life is Good uh, last time out in the So Excited I Was segue. Jerking It race. So the Alan <laughs> Jerkin. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't miss a chance to use that line. Uh, it was, a, it was a winner. I was, <laughs> those were happier times, Jared. Drunk at Saratoga, yelling were, at Ricky and talking about jerking it on the podcast. You were jerking it with happy tears that day. You know what I mean? Like you were using Ricky's tears, your own tears. It was a perfect day. Anyway, oh by the way, and. Uh, uh, Borat Capper, he was, he was, he was, jer- no, that was a different day. Never mind. No, Borat showed up late to the pod. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Anyway, yeah, he was there. Excited. This is another single, no question. Jackie's Warrior should dominate this field on his way to the Breeders' Cup sprint, where he'll probably be the favorite. But it's exciting to have these two back. You know, I, I think back to that Travers Day when life is good and Jackie's Warrior matching up and how excited everybody was about it. You know, nobody really cared about anybody else any other horse it's just like i can't wait for these two to throw down this is going to be amazing and now they're both back now obviously not same race but still exciting i i will i'll pay to watch jackie's warrior any day i i love that horse so happy to see him back and uh, excited to see what he does to the scallop bob field it doesn't look great i mean he should just uh, perfect scenario. I mean, obviously, it shouldn't even be per- like it shouldn't be that hard to, to to dream this up. Like, I mean, life is good. I don't know what the race times are here exactly. Uh, I'm gonna. I think it's the race four on the, on the life is good. So the, the life is good will dominate earlier in the day, and then uh, we'll be like, well, shit. Jackie's warrior will dominate here again. These horses will go to their respective uh, Breeders' Cup races, and they very well could win. You know, like that's when you saw that race that day. When we when we saw that race, you just had to know, like you knew you were seeing something special. Like those are two really, really fucking good horses, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna continue to prove it. And I think I don't think you're gonna see them match up again because I do think they're gonna start to. They already have, I guess, start to part ways in in sense of Jackie's definitely gonna be this one turn kind of horse. We're gonna see life is good, and then obviously he's gonna go probably stretch things out next year. But man, we saw a good one that day, and I knew you were gonna go this race. I didn't know which way you were gonna go with with uh, with uh, the most likely winner or the uh, most excited. You know, you're jerking it race. So I, I knew you'd go there. So I'm gonna go with earlier on the card, just a few races earlier, race six. That's the Plum Pretty Stakes, and again, let's go to the horse. What am I? Little jerking it horses number six, the Chubster Chub Wagon. Gonna try to stretch things out here. Listen, nine for ten. One loss has been a, a, just a bad loss. Really finished second by beat by a length and a quarter. Stretching out for the first time ever, but he's been dominant. She's been dominant, I should say. He's been dominant, and there's obviously been talk of, you know, what could she do? Is she good enough to run the Breeders' Cup? Well, this isn't like a. I mean, again, they keep running her in these kind of races. But at least they're stretching her out here, and we're gonna see a little bit more of what maybe she's capable of going to mile 16th. But if she rolls again here, 
I mean, I just excited because I want to get her. I want to wheel her into the Breeders' Cup at some race just to have her there because I love talking about this filly. Chub wagon. I want to see her romp here at a mile 16th. Okay. I'm excited for the race because I do want to see what she does going two turns. I'm skeptical, but still, I, I want to see. But, there, like, the Breeders' Cup talk with this horse, I don't get it. Don't. It, don't. Don't dash it, man. She's going to do it. Now we're in a now we're in a Pennsylvania bread stakes going two turns. It's like <laughs> I love it's a Pennsylvania bread. I love it. I don't know I what they're doing. They, they paint this horse like she's not that good, but she runs Listen. like she's really good. I I don't know. I don't know. It's it's the most how 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 PR you know how should I how should I say this? It's the most. It's the it's the wussiest way I'll say it's the wussiest way of ever campaigning a horse ever if she's any good, like they keep rendering this bullshit. It's bullshit. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I love it because first of all, the skip at was it the skip at stakes when we had her we had her as a bet. I convinced you to, to on the guide. I was like, let's use her for a win bet. She rolls the chub the chubster. The name is amazing, and then she's been she's had a place in my heart ever since. And then the talk of even the, the mention, you know, Magic gets it. He's on he's on the chub wagon is with me. Um, the fact, the mention of Breeders' Cup, especially when you talked about, I think there's been, you know, what was it? Uh, fuck, uh, what's his name? Sterling talking about her beating fucking Gamine. And you're like, oh, I I mean, Gamine will beat the hell out of her, but I want to see it. I want to see it. You know, I want to get her in the same race. That's what I'm here about. I want to see these. I want to see her in the Breeders' Cup. So I want to see her stretch out, which I don't understand what the stretch out does because wouldn't isn't the isn't it seven furlongs that she would run in at the breeders cup yeah yeah so <laughs> again i don't know but i'm excited for it because i love chub wagon i just i don't know i'm so confused by this horse i don't i don't get it at all and here's the deal you watched her on preakness day and you probably haven't watched her live again because she runs on like Oh, it's a Monday at Parks and Chub Wagon Jiggered? What? Like, well, you, well, shit, you text me. Uh, I had the boys and stuff and I was busy, and you text me and you're like, hey, by the way, Chub Wagon's on their car. It's like, what? Sweet. This just made my day. Like, forget Hot Rod Charlie. Chub Wagon's going to be there? Perfect. So uh, I would fly in just to see. And, hey, this is, this is her course, man. She loves, some, loves her some parks. So I'm all about it. Chub Wagon, the most excited. I get wood memorial. Race of the week for me, Halterman. Let's finish things off here with the making it rain. Long shot pick of the weekend. What you got? All right, I'm going, let me pull this up here. I'm going to go race eight on this parks card. Uh, it's the Greenwood stakes, not the Goodwood stakes. That would have been the wood memorial uh, race of the week if it was the Goodwood stakes, but it's the Green, <laughs> the Goodwood. Anyway, sorry, the Greenwood stakes. <laughs> cracker, cracker. Um, I'm going the eight horse Seafoam. I think this horse goes gate to wire. Two really nice wins in a row. Uh, both came at uh, Saratoga. Uh, you know, last time out winning for the new connections and, and really looked more impressive than, than he had in a while. I, I like the stretch out in distance, actually. I think this horse is bred to go a mile and a half. And again, controlling speed in the race. I, I look at this, it's like, yeah, the seven's got a little bit of speed, but outside of that, nobody else does. The eight's faster than the seven. I think Seafoam can go gate to wire here at eight to one. So I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a swing with Seafoam. Dude. I don't know what it means. Maybe it means nothing, but the fact that you and I are on the same horse, right, for our long shot pick. I mean, I think we gotta we're gonna have to pack up the truck a little bit on this one because I'm with you, dude. I love. I this is my pick. This is my long shot pick. Seafoam. I'm with you. You you pretty much said. It. I I, I kind of I I thought about the one in race uh, nine beer can man, but. You know, I, I dislike Caravelle too much. I think that horse is going to be awful tough. But in this race, in race eight, like, are, are you really are you afraid of Moretti? I'm not. I'm sorry. It's just with me, it's like, listen, how do you how do you pull off an upset? Well, you, you got to have a fast horse done. You got to be kind of a lone speed done. You got to have a good jockey so you can pull off an upset done. You got Rosario for the third time in a row, and the horse is just blasted fields too straight yeah you're stepping up but they're here so i to me i think this horse 
Like, I just don't see a lot in here. Now, again, like, the class could hit this horse right straight in the eyes when it comes, you know, when the real running starts. We'll see. But I think when you got a horse that's eight to one, you're looking for that kind of what, what the horse has over the other horses. And I just don't, the front end speed, man. And if they can't, if, like, I just don't think they're very good in this race. So if they can't catch, can't catch them, then that's enough for me. Yeah. You know, Moretti, he just hasn't looked that great this year. That's the thing. Like, I know he's been facing tougher and forget about the turf race, but it's like, yeah, you can meet by five, by three, by 12. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on Moretti. So I thought I'll, I'll try to beat him. Uh, and I thought Seafoam was the one that makes sense. Gets out ahead of everybody and just that's the one they have to run down. And let's see, let's see if he can do it. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to go Seafoam here and, and, and hope that Moretti's just not quite what he used to be. Now we'll say this, it's not, it's a tricky, it's kind of a tricky day to find big long shots. Like it's, it's going to happen because that's the whole idea of a long shot, but it's hard to kind of find one. I mean, if you look at, it's like, if we're talking stakes action anyways, Obviously, the Chubster is going to get done there. Um, you know, here with Silver State, you, you, with uh, with Race 7, Silver State seems very tough. Mind Control, even, you know, your favorite Warriors charge. Uh, again, this race we just talked about, you know, Race 9, the Turf Monster. I like Caravel a lot. I think that horse is going to bounce back in a big way. But again, if it, if it doesn't, um, there is some... Does you know Fire Crow obviously coming back off of his big performance? Um, we haven't seen in a while, but he's back. And then again, we talked about the Gallon Ball. We talked about the rest of them. So the point is, it's hard to kind of come up with that big long shot price. This one seems the most logical for me. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think Churchill Downs. There, there were some opportunities as well, but I wanted to stick with Seafoam. I just really like the pace setup for him. All right, you and I are both are both on number eight Seafoam for our Making the Rain long shot. Pick of the weekend. We are so rich. It's all the time we have. Check us out at racenews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Race News Premium button on the menu at racenews.com to learn more. Remember to go check out the inside track to the 2021 Pennsylvania Derby uh, wager guide right now at racenews.com. Remember, just click that button on the main menu that says Get Racing Dudes Premium. You get access to that. Features in-depth analysis of all eight stakes on the card at Pennsylvania for the Pennsylvania Derby Day. As well as the cotillion, you get analysis of the entire card, how we're going to play, multi-race, what plays, analysis, betting, suggestions, everything for the park's entire card Saturday. So go check that out at racingdudes.com. Remember, become a subscriber and get it for free. We are your destination site for all horse racing picks and sports picks. We're on Twitter at racing, racing underscore dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even website racingdudes.com. Go check out the Magic Mike Show. They did the late, I saw they did late pick five. At parks, so they, they juiced it up a little bit. They did the pick five, not the pick four. So, no go, pun intended. You want, yeah, they're <laughs> well, we'll see about the juice. Um, we they uh, so see what they thought about that uh, late pick five sequence as well. Of course, we talked a little bit about some of those races that are in that sequence. So, if you want to get their take as well, go check out the Magic Mike show. Halterman, final thoughts before we close this bad boy up. Well, it's it's another really good weekend, right? Because the racing is really solid uh, at parks. Uh, got a got a big race feel to it, like I said a little bit earlier. So it's it's a really good weekend. And then you know we're rolling with with uh, college football and the NFL as well. So this is this is a lot of fun right now for for people who like to gamble, like myself. So um, yeah, I mean, just have fun, guys. That's 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 my advice. And if you're going to parks, uh, don't lower the expectations of the racetrack. Uh, before you go <laughs> yeah it's it is what it is that's the best way to describe it yeah. and plan for like we're going to be at the track but we're also you know because there's a lot of college football going on tomorrow night or saturday night go plan to be at the casino go to the sports book it yep. is legit i promise you it'll it'll be like ah oh, the track that was kind of like shitty <laughs> no it'll make up for it <laughs> it'll make up for it when you go until you go three out of four on your parlay, and then you get fucking pissed, and you stay all night there, and we watched the fucking collapse at the end. I don't remember who it was. It was UCLA and somebody. Washington State. Uh, God bless, man. That was awful. Anyways, uh, we posed a question. Uh, for those listening to the podcast version, it won't be on the uh, pod version, but we posed a question about what would be the best job to do after you're retired, like when you're not, when money doesn't matter. And man, I'm, I'm cracking up. Like, there's so many 
answers coming in here. Uh, I'll run through a few of these. Uh, golf caddy, stable cleanup with the breeding shed afterwards. I don't know if I would. I've been to the breeding shed. I don't know if I'd want to be a part of that. Uh, the vo- volleyball assist- assistant at Bishop C- Sycamore. <laughs> uh, your dad's at a zookeeper, which is interesting. <laughs> Uh, the cooler at a casino. Very interesting. Uh, the guy who checks your receipts at Sam's Club. <laughs> Just swiping highlighters. That's right. That would be, I mean, that'd be easy, but I feel like that would be so, I'd get so old. Uh, hanging with John White anywhere, basically, at the track. That that sounds perfect. Um, yeah. That's what we do. Uh, the vendor who gets to throw hot dogs at baseball stadiums. <laughs> John Daly's caddy. Perfect job. That would be good. Yeah. So, uh... Let's see. Any other ones? I don't think so. You and I uh, mentioned being secure. I mentioned being security at uh, at a football game. What did you What did you say? Um, I don't think I said any. I think I said hosting a, a podcast. <laughs> I think maybe you could be the guy that rubs oil on the wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is a weird old guy. Who's oh that's that's Aaron. We just hired him. He, he does it for free. I don't know. No, um, <laughs> you know I said some stuff. I can't remember what I said though. Um, no, it doesn't matter. Anyways, all right. Uh, so again, go to, if you're going to parks, have fun. Remember, go up. I mean, if you if you if you if you park, put make your trip part of the the casino slash uh, sports book and throw in a, a Philly cheesesteak, then you can't go wrong with the trip. But if you just go to parks and you go home. You'll probably be disappointed. Just saying. Just like I'm just <laughs> trying to like <laughs> level that off for you. Uh, again, big racing at parks. You want to check this out? Even if you don't bet, like these are these are like le- legit Breeders' Cup horses that are running a lot of these races. So you want to see how their last performances are headed into the Breeders' Cup. So make sure you check that out at parks. Again, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Alterman. Good luck. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Now give me some of them thermo bombs. Come on now, throw a few at me. Come on, just a couple.